where do I need to grow up? We talked, we started this last week and I'm so thankful for this subject because I don't want it to be a, a condemning subject. I want it to be, okay, it's time to pick back up and get going forward in my walk with God. And it doesn't matter what maturity level you are in your relationship with the Lord or, or your knowledge of the word and your maturity. In it, there's room to grow unless you walk in and I go, behold the lamb. You know, then we've got room to grow because Christ is our goal, our standard. We want to be like him. We love him. We, 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 we watch him move through the earth in the gospels. And we're like, I want to be able to walk past someone who is laid out, has not walked since birth, I want them up. Whether I do it, you do it. I'd just soon sit back and, and be pom-poms for what's happening when you're walking past somebody. And, but it's not going to happen if we stay at I got saved. You know, there's this maturing. And if you missed last week, you may have to go back and listen. But Last week, we, we had gone to 1 Peter chapter 2, and I put in the notes, there's QR codes at the entrances of the sanctuary, or you can go online and find the notes. But we had referred to 1 Peter 2, where it said we need to grow up in our salvation. This is the maturing of the saints. And, and discipleship comes in importance here. Us learning together, teaching each other. There's just a maturing that needs to start after the new birth. And, and so as we study today, if you have paper and pen, I don't know if you can do this on your device or not. I'm not devicey. So um, if you can, I would like for you to do two columns on a, on a sheet of paper uh, and put spiritual on one side, the top header of one column, and carnal the header of the other column. You can do it on your device or do it later, whatever. But to me, when I went through and I read the scriptures that we're going to cover today, I just had a piece of paper beside me and I thought, oh, that's a sign of spirituality. Oh, that's a sign of carnality. And it's not for me to sit up here and judge you. It's for me to judge me. Because we hear people say all the time, I don't want to be judged. I do want to be judged, and I want to be the one judging me. This is maturity. So if we don't want to be judged, and we don't even want to judge ourselves, we're in trouble. So if you'll kind of take notes along the way, I'll give you some of mine at the end if we have time. But spiritual and carnal. Last week we read that verse, I think, from NIV, and this week I think, I think we'll go through it. I think I ended up putting it in there. We'll go through some things in the King James Version and look at the wording a little bit differently. But for now, let's go to Ephesians chapter 4. We're going to read quite a few verses here. I'm glad you're awake. And uh, if you're not awake, you didn't feel what I felt all ago. Praise God. He's so good. Ephesians 4, I'm going to... Start down in verse 10, and I am reading out of the NIV. 
He who descended, speaking of Jesus, is the very one who ascended higher than all the heavens in order to fill the whole universe. It was he who gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, and some to be pastors and teachers to prepare God's people for good, for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature. Become mature. We're not born again mature. Our spirits are mature. But there, then there's this growth of renewing the mind, which changes the lifestyle. And sometimes we, people get saved and we expect them to act different. That's like saying a baby's been born and you expect them to be mature. They've been born, but the maturing is a process. People are born again, but the maturing is a process. I am still in process. And I think this is something that, that pastors really ought to tell their people every now and then. Don't expect me. Don't expect me to be perfect. And I know there's a lot of, lot of ministries under attack. Some things may be self-inflicted. But at the t- same time, we've got to look at these people and go, they're growing. We talked about it last week. Just because your toddler falls knocks over the plant, you don't, you don't keep them from ever walking again. You, you stand them up. And, and this is why the scripture is very plain. This is not in my notes. So maybe you're, maybe you're being opinionated about a minister right now, and maybe this is correction. Well, nobody yelped, so I don't guess I hit anybody. It is the spiritually mature, the scripture says, that are to do correcting. It says, let you who are spiritually mature, and it is for the purpose of restoring. Most of the time when we as Christians are criticizing another Christian or minister, it is not for the sake of restoration. Well, that was a maturing moment right there. You can, you know... And this is a sign of the mature. We'll take correction. We'll take instruction. And so, and I have to watch this because as a a minister, it's real easy to point out, I probably haven't done it yesterday. I don't know. Maybe I did yesterday. But I was with grandkids most of the day yesterday. So, you know, it's so easy to do. It's it's just easy to do. It's kind of like being an armchair quarterback. You're not in their game. You're not on their field. That 400-pound thing of muscle's not running after you. It's real easy for you to say, oh, that guy was open in the end zone. He had multiple humongousoid bodies running at him while he's trying to look and see where a receiver is. And we we need to put that in. I probably didn't use that word incorrectly, but I've got a few athletes over here that can correct me but all I know is that would be pretty intimidating no matter how what kind of arm you've got if you don't get that thing launched you're fixing to get hit and so when when we're dealing with each other in the body of Christ whether people in the ministry or wherever we're dealing with the body of Christ we 
We don't go in and do the correcting unless we're spiritually mature enough to know that our correction is for the purpose of reinstating. Not in my notes, but there you go. It's free, no charge for that. These offices, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, the teachers, they have a purpose. It's to prepare. It's to, to grow the body of Christ. It's so that we can, we're looking to become mature. It says attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Everybody in here has got a ways to go. Everybody in the body of Christ has a ways to go. But it's to, for the purpose of becoming mature. Verse 14. Then we will no longer be infants. Oh, he's fixing to tell us what infants look like. So this might want to go on your carnal column. Okay? Then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves. So circumstances just easily influenced, easily distracted, easy taken off course. That's what a new Christian's going through. They're, they're going through that. New Christians are going through that. We don't need to be mad at them because they're going through that. We need to be a strength to them because they're going through that. And so this is a sign of infancy. Tossed back and forth, blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of men in their deceitful scheme. They're easily deceived. <coughs> then he says, instead... So this word instead is going to take us over to the other column, right? Instead, speaking the truth in love. Oh, speaking the truth in love? Not speaking the truth. Speaking the truth in love is a sign of maturity. It's a sign of spirituality. Now, I'm not saying this so that we're going, Oh my goodness, I am such an infant. But I want us to look what's obtainable if we grow. Look what's obtainable if I will receive correction from the word. If I will receive correction from my elders, from those more mature than me. And if I will learn lessons from those that are younger than me in the faith. If we're looking to grow, we're looking to grow. Instead, speaking the truth in love, that's a sign of maturity. We will in all things grow up into him who is the head, that is Christ. That's how we get there. From him, the whole body joined and held together by every supporting ligament grows and builds itself up in love. Grows and builds itself up in love. Grows and builds itself up in love as each part does, it work, does its work. Now, I'm not going to sit here and point every one of these out. I just want to do this verse as an example, and then y'all take your own notes on the columns, okay? But when we start becoming an active part of the body, a supporting part of the body of Christ, it's a sign of maturity. Sign of maturity. You get where I'm going, how I want you to do this? as we go. You can do it when you get home if you can't. I can't write and listen at the same time. I don't know. There's a disconnect there. Verse 17, so I tell you this, and I insist on it in the Lord. I, this is the Apostle Paul here. He didn't mix words. I would like to have heard his tone when he said this. He's like, I'm telling you this, and I'm insisting 
on it in the Lord that you must no longer live as the Gentiles do. Who's he talking to in this passage? What's the name of this, this book of the Bible? Ephesians. Who's he talking to? The church of Ephesus, the Ephesians. He's talking to the church at Ephesus and he's saying, quit living like the Gentiles. Quit living like the rest of Come on. Quit living like the Yale Countyans. I'll look across the river over there. Quit, quit living like the Johnson Countyans. Quit living like the, I insist, I'm telling you this and I'm insisting this. Paul's telling you this. God's telling you this. You must no longer live as the Gentiles do. In the futility of their mind, in the unproductiveness, the unfruitfulness of their mind. The way they think does not produce fruit. So quit thinking like them because it's not producing fruit. They are darkened in their understanding. They're darkened in their understanding and they're separated from the life of God. Man, that's carnality. Separated from the Zoe, the God kind of life. You know what the God kind of life is? Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. That's what, I mean, that pretty much sums it up the scripture. They're separated from it, from the life of God, because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardening of their hearts. Don't want to know it. Don't want to know it. You want to know why sometimes we don't want to know it? Because we don't want to do it. We don't want to change it. Maybe it's sometimes because we don't have a clue how to change it. But man, the scripture talks so much to us about our minds. It gives us so much because that's where we're changing. When we got born in, when we got saved, our spirit was made new. He doesn't have to sit here and tell us all about how our spirit was made new. What he's telling us now is how our spirit being made new is supposed to affect our thinking. And therefore, that affects our doing. So it's getting it from the born-again spirit, renewing the mind, as Romans 12 said, taking out the old, putting in the new, thinking different, changing. Changing. That's growth. Growth doesn't look the same. It's constantly changing. Listen to this. This is so, I'm going to go back and read that because verse 19, oh my goodness. They're darkening the understanding and separated their life. Uh, from the life of God, because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardening of their hearts. Having lost all sensitivity. Well, they're a Christian. I just don't understand how they can be for or be against. Because they've lost all sensitivity. Because they've hardened their hearts. And then we lose all sensitivity. I, that's a scary place to be to me. 
To be carnal is to lose your sensitivity. To be spiritual is to be sensitive to the Spirit. React to the Spirit. Having lost all sensitivity, they have given themselves over. Are these these words just, I don't know. They're just like hitting me between the eyes this morning. They have given themselves over to sensual, I think I messed up my verse here, sensuality, so as to indulge in every kind of impurity with a continual lust or drive for more impurity, more impurity. Who turned them over to that? They turned themselves over to it because they hardened their hearts. This is the danger. <coughs> Babe, will you remind me get me a water? Thank you. They have calloused their sensitivity. And how do you callous something? Repetitive. I do that because I'm left-handed. And back when I was in school, children, we used this thing called a pencil. <laughs> Number two, lead pencil, right? Janine, you were right there with me. We went to school together. And I still to this day can tell where my pencil rested. Why? Over and over again. And so how do our hearts become calloused? Because we override as Christians, he's writing to Christians. We override what the Spirit is saying over and over again. Thank you, babe. And it, we become callous to it. This is why it's so important that we, when the Spirit deals with us about something, about us changing something, about us learning about something, about us correcting something, that we not override that and keep doing what we were doing. Because in doing so, we are building a calloused heart. (coughs) And then we become insensitive. Listen, when God corrects you by Scripture, by the fivefold ministry... Or just in your spirit, you're like, "Mm, don't say it, Susan. Mm -mm. Don't say it, Susan. Don't hit send, Susan. Thank God for that moment because that means you're not insensitive to it yet. But if you override it and you hit send... You've just built a a little line of skin, just got a little tougher. Don't lose your sensitivity to the Spirit by overriding what He's dealing with us about. They've given themselves over. Bob Yandian. He said, this is when we are determined to sin. Oh, I made a mistake. Oh, no. I've made mistakes. But there's also been times I was determined to sin. Because I knew not to do something. And I overrode it. 
I was just weak in my flesh. No, I was determined to sin. We get way too fluffy about sin. And I realize I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. But 1 John 1, 9 was written for me. And the reason he wants us to come to him and confess our sin and to talk to him about it is not because he's keeping a tally up there. I realize what the scripture says. He's not going to hold our sins against us. But he wants us to grow. And if you broke the vase and you never acknowledge that your baseball was the one that hit the vase... You're not mature. I'm not mature. But if I go to God and say, Father, He knows. So what good does it do to go to Him? He can correct us. He can help me grow. It's not so He can zap me with a lightning bolt, like religion says. It's so He can help me grow. And when your children come to you in a moment of vulnerability that they're going through something or that they did something, you, you should, we should see it as this, they're wanting to grow. They don't, want our, they don't want our relationship hindered. Ayla, what did you do with my keys? You know, I mean, you know. When, when they come to us and they, they lie to us or they try to hide something, but then they come back to us, that's it right there. Oh, that's the sweet spot. Hear God right now. When you're going through something and you've done something or you're, you're dealing with wanting to do something and you come to him, it's not because he's keeping a tally against you. It's because that's the sweet spot. That's when he can work. That's when he can grow. That's when you, he can help you with what you're going through. Bob Yandian, another comment on this verse. Actually, it was on another verse. I put it over here. But when a, this is this acting as the Gentiles do is when a believer imitates a non-believer. When we as believers imitate a non-believer. You must no longer live as the Gentiles do. Don't don't imitate a non-believer. Verse 20, he flips this thing around. He goes from from going in that line of thought. And he's going to go into the positive. And he says, you, verse 20, you, however, did not come to know Christ that way. This is not who you are. Surely you heard of him and were taught in him in accordance with the truth that is in Jesus. You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self. Who puts off your old self? I do. I do. Put off your old self which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires. Why does he want us to put on our new self, take off? Because he doesn't want us corrupted. Verse 23, to be made new in the attitude of your mind. Anybody need a better attitude in your mind? Maybe not, maybe you're just great right now, but 
when you're dealing with people from Arkansas driving on ice. Maybe that will <laughs> click for you due to the weather. Um, be made new in the attitude of your minds. You, Susan. Susie, as Lynn calls me. Susie, be made new in the attitude of your mind. You, insert name. Be made new in the attitude of your mind. And you put on the new self created to be like God. Sit down. I know. Man. Created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. This is when we override the flesh. Remember the callous? From overriding the spirit, becoming insensitive. This is overriding the flesh, removing the callous so we can be sensitive. This is not being determined to sin. This is being determined to mature. That's where he's taken us these couple of weeks, y'all. I want to be determined to be mature. This is when a believer imitates God instead of imitating a non-believer. You, you can find that in Ephesians 5. Be ye followers of God as dear children. It means be you imitators of God as dear children. He's our He's our father. We should resemble him. Any of you resemble your parent more as you get older than you did when you were younger? I look at my hands sometimes, and I don't just see my mom's hands. I do see my mom's hands, but I even see my grandmother's. I look at my pictures sometimes, and as my eyes have gotten a little heavier, I don't know how. I don't know why that happens. I've got a lot of questions for God. Why do old people's noses get bigger That's, and their ears? That's one of my questions. But I'll see that the, the heaviness of, of my grandmother's eyes. As we get older, as we mature, should we not look more like our father than when we were born again? Absolutely. That's where we want to go. We've got more power than the non-believer has. The non-believer is a non-believer. There's not a lot of choices out there for them. Oh, they can act good or act bad. But they can't be righteous. That only comes through Jesus Christ. And from our position, not of guilt because of everywhere we need to grow, but because of our gift of righteousness that Jesus gave us, our standing with the Father... The maturing becomes beautiful because it's in relationship with him that we change. Not just reading something out of the scripture and, and out of willpower determined to do it or not do it. But it's out of relationship with him. It, it's, it's the most beautiful process. You can be born again in spirit and stay carnal. 
It's called carnal Christians. Paul talked about it. That's who he's talking to in these verses. If we don't grow in attitude, if we don't renew our thinking, we will remain infants. I thought about this. What fun is that? Think about this. When, when you immediately, it's, it's born in you as a child to want to set up. You don't teach a baby to sit up. Oh, you can help them. You can aid them. You can throw some pillows around them, keep them from, you know, falling. You, you can help strengthen them. But it's in you to sit up. It's in you to pull up on the coffee table and take steps. It's, it's in you to want to learn. It, it's in you uh, to, well, some of, I've heard of people that didn't want to drive, but back in my day, we couldn't wait to drive. You want to drive. It's in you. You want to become independent. It's in you. You want to get a career. You want to get a family. You want to get, you want to get married. You want to build a home. You want the white picket fence. You want, and, and it's, and it's, it's in you uh, to, to succeed in life. It's, it's, it's in you at some point to want to retire, This next part's really for you, babe. This is what you have to be careful of. Because we're never supposed to stop stretching and growing and maturing. And what happens a lot of times, people, when they retire, <laughs> boom, then they wait to die. Because there's no vision out in front of them. There's nothing they're trying to attain to. They've done it. So let's take the born again person. A lot of times people are born again and retire in infancy. You're not prepared to retire in infancy. And they wait to die. Get born again and wait for heaven. That's a boring, boring, unfulfilling Christian life. Growing, maturing is fun. It's fun. Babe, working and providing for your wife. Oh, man. Yes, are you feeling it? That's because he has a plan for when he retires. I think it has scales and fur and horns and feathers and all of those things. I want us to go back to 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Man, my notes, I'm not, definitely not going to get done today. Really, he wants to retire so he can spend more time with his wife. You're welcome. 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Read this last week. I want to go back over it. I'm reading out the King James Version. Verse 1. And I, brethren, could not speak unto you as a spiritual, but as unto carnal. Last week we, we read it out another version. It didn't use the word spiritual and carnal. That's the words we're picking out today. So I wanted to use the King James Version. 
But I had to speak to you as unto babes in Christ, infants in Christ. It's not wrong to be a baby. It's just wrong to stay a baby. Remember, we covered that last week. We want to grow. I have fed you with milk and not with meat. For hitherto you were not able to bear it, neither yet now are you able. For you are yet carnal. For whereas there is among you envying and strife and divisions, are you not carnal and walk as mere men? Now, there's a lot of stuff to go in your columns there. You can go back over it later because there's a lot of definitions of carnality and spirituality there. I want to go a little bit deeper. We covered those verses in the obvious ways last week. But today, I want to go back over a couple of these words before we close. Verse 3 says, And I, brethren, could not speak unto you as unto spiritual. So, I love words. I looked up that word spiritual. And it had a really um, a great revelation of the meaning and the strongs. It meant non-carnal. <laughs> These two things are opposites of each other. So, you know, one of the things in your study and making your list, you can take what it describes as carnal and take the opposite, and you'll know what is spiritual and vice versa, right? It meant non-carnal. But one of the words that it used, and I think it was in the strongs, to, for this word spiritual was regenerate. Regenerate. So I'm like, okay, you know, we have in our heads, we kind of think we know what that means in some of the applications of life. Regenerate. So I looked it up in the secular, regular dictionary, online, of course, and it meant to regrow. So those who are spiritual regrow. I, I love that because we're born again. We grow again. We regrow. It even talks about, and some of you sciencey people, it even talks about living organisms that can regrow new tissue to replace lost or injured tissue, like the crab and his claw. It's gone. Life took it from him. It's gone. Life took it from you. Spirituality says it can be regrown. What wasn't there can be there. That's it. New tissue to replace what was lost or injured tissue. To bring new and more vigorous life to something through something new. That's what Jesus did. That's what he came for. I have a choice now in my thinking. Before I didn't have any other way to think than the way I was raised to think. But now through Jesus I have something new that can make a new and more vigorous life. Because something new has been introduced to me. I'm not stuck with what life has made of me. Therefore, that gets rid of the blame game, and I become responsible for my own maturity. Because it's real easy to to just kick and lay on the floor like a two-year-old. Not that I have any experiences with two-year-olds right now. Two two two-year-old grandbabies. It means reborn. 
reborn. We get, a, we get another chance to grow. And we get to choose. We get to choose our attitudes. I hear that sound too. I have no idea. Okay. The word spiritual is to live a life guided by the born again spirit. It's to live a life that's guided by the born again spirit. That's what we're that's what we're gunning for right there. Being led by the born again spirit. Then he goes on, he says, but as unto carnal. So now we're going to get some carnal definition. It means fleshly. It means unregenerate. Oh, so just take what we defined as regenerate and reverse it. Unable to grow past what has been lost. And damaged. Unable to. It means not changed. It's a life driven by the flesh. We're either led by the spirit or we're driven by the flesh. Do you want to be led or do you want to be driven? Carnal. What a word. He says, but as unto carnal, even as unto babes in Christ. We aren't talking about the world here. We're not talking about sinners here. We're talking about those who are in Christ. You see those words? In, I in, in Christ. He's talking to those, but they're babes, babies in Christ. He's talking to those in Christ who at some point quit growing and maturing. Who stayed the same. How long have you been the same? It's boring. It's unfulfilling. You don't care if you go to church or not. In fact, you just don't want to get up. It's a cold morning. And it's not that the mature don't have the thought. It would sure be nice to stay in some footed pajamas today. And drink some hot cocoa. And watch a couple of football games. It it would sure be nice, not for the alarm, not to go off this morning. It's not that the mature don't have that thought. But they override that thought because they are determined to grow. That's who's here today. And watching live stream. That's who's here. You're, you're, there's a determination. Mankind was made to thrive in maturing. We just went through that list a while ago. From birth till death, an exciting life keeps growing, keeps maturing, keeps excelling. Just like a baby does. He said, I fed you with milk and not with meat. For hitherto you were not able to bear it. Neither yet now are you able, for you are yet carnal, flesh-driven, unchanged. For whereas there is among you envying and strife and divisions, are you not carnal, unchanged, unregenerate, fleshly, driven by the flesh? 
making you walk as mere men. You're not mere man. You're spiritual. You got a spirit. So I want us to answer that question. Are you not carnal and walk as mere men? I want us to answer that question for ourselves and not just read it. And, and what those columns that you have will do, and I, I'm not going to take the time to go through my list. Um, if you want it, I'll, I'll type you out one. But I'd rather you dig it out yourself because in digging them out through those scriptures, you're going to examine yourself not to condemn yourself, but to know where you are and where you need to strengthen and where you need to grow. That's the whole purpose of this teaching because we, growing's good and growing's exciting and growing is fun. Where do I need to grow up? Where do I want to grow up? Romans 8, and I'll close with this one, makes a very sobering statement. He, he says, for to be carnally minded is... Death. It ain't living. Arkansas version. It ain't living. To be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. What, that's what we're after. What you're looking for comes from you maturing in your Christian walk. And that word life, Zoe life, God kind of life. Life and peace. It makes me want to grow. It makes me want to finally deal with those little immature spots in my life that God has talked to me about a gazillion times that I have just continued to do what I wanted to do. And so I think not sugarcoating this message to ourselves not softening the words and shooting straight, I, I think it's what we need. It's what I need. It's what I need. That's how you need to talk to me. If you're going to talk to me most days is just shoot straight with me. Just tell me. And so that's what God, I believe, is doing today. But it's for a purpose. We're going to grow. And it's going to be fun. And it's going to be exciting. It may be uncomfortable sometimes. But the result, amen, 